RetroSeasons.com for more sports history. The Boston Red Sox face the Detroit Tigers for a Saturday afternoon game at Tiger Stadium on July 8, 1967. The Red Sox were led by the legendary Dick Williams in his first year as a manager. Boston entered the game with a 40-37 and record. The Tigers were coached by Mayo Smith in his first year with the Tigers, having coached the Phillies and Reds in the mid-1950s before returning to baseball to manage a talented Tigers team that was on the rise. They entered the game in second place in the AL East with a 43-34 and record. This is audio from the national TV broadcast featuring announcers Kurt Gowdy, Pee Wee Reese, and Sandy Koufax. Everybody, this is Kurt Gowdy, your play-by-play broadcaster of NBC's Major League Baseball, along with Pee Wee Reese and Sandy Koufax. Today we're in Tiger Stadium as two contending teams in the American League collide here. While the Minnesota Twins and Chicago White Sox are playing over in Chicago, the Tigers and the Red Sox are going at it here. And of course the Red Sox have been the surprise team of the American League this year. A club that finished ninth last year, which has many fine players, right now is in pennant contention and plays 47 games at home in the last half of the year. The Tigers went into a bad slump for a spell, losing 14 out of 19, but they bounced back now and a 1-5 in a row. They defeated the Red Sox last night in 11 innings for their fifth victory in succession, but I believe Pee Wee Reese and Sandy Koufax will concur that the Red Sox, with four hitters in the top 10 of the league, came up with three runs to tie the ball game last night in the ninth inning, and that's the kind of club they are. You can't count them out with that hitting in any game. What do you think, Pee-wee? Well, Kurt, I'd have to agree with you because the fans last night here, they had 25,000 of them. They did not leave this ballpark because they thought that this Boston club does have an explosive ball club, and they showed just that, but they lost another 1-1 ball game. I'm looking forward to seeing this Boston ball club uh, because we haven't seen them this year. Sandy, about you. Well, I feel the same way, Pee-wee. They've got some fine players on the ball club, like Kostremski and Petroselli that I've never seen. Uh, I've never seen them play, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, I know I'm going to see some of them in the All-Star game, but I want to see them before that. Well, it seems like that we do uh, know this Boston Ball Club, because Mr. Gowdy's always talking about what a great ball club they have. And, uh, of course, the Detroit Ball Club's had a few injuries, but they're sticking right in there. I think uh, they'll stay in there. If they can stay close until K-Line gets back, I think they've got a good chance. so a little tough on a ball club to lose, uh, you know, the number one ball player on the club and possibly the number one player in the league and stay in there. I think it hurts him physically on the field and mentally. But if they stay close until his hand's better, I think uh, they're going to be right up in it all year. Okay, Kurt, that's it from over here. All right, today's pitcher's here on a beautiful afternoon in Detroit. Denny McLean, a right-hander, nine wins and nine losses, will be working for the Tigers. And another right-hander, Lee Stang, three wins, five losses, will be pitching for the Red Sox. NBC's Major League Baseball will continue from Tiger Stadium, Detroit, as the Boston Red Sox meet the Detroit Tigers. Are you ready for NBC? Sundays this fall, Bonanza returns. Bonanza. Great new adventures on the Ponderosa. Following Bonanza every Sunday this fall, a spectacular new adventure series. 
September 10th to see the special two-hour premiere of The High Chaparral. Big, new, different. Are you ready for NBC Week? We'll be ready for you. Now, the batting orders for today's game for the visiting Boston Red Sox. At second base, leading off will be Mike Andrews. Batting number two at third base will be Joe Floyd. In left field, hitting third, Carl Yastrzemski. The cleanup man in right field is Tony Canigliero. The first baseman is George Scott, batting number five. Rico Petroselli is the shortstop, batting number six. Reggie Smith is in center field, batting seven. Mike Ryan will be catching, and the pitcher will be Lee Stang. Stang pitching, Ryan catching, the battery today for the Boston Red Sox. The Tigers will have Lenny Green in left field leading off. Jerry Lumpy at third base, batting number two. Dick McAuliffe at second base, hitting third. Norm Cash at first base, batting cleanup. Jim Northrup in right field, batting number five. Bill Freehan will be the catcher, hitting six. Mickey Stanley in center field, batting seven. Ray Euler, the shortstop, batting eight. And Denny McLean will be pitching today for the Tigers. And the men in blue are walking out, and they're really the men in blue today with their... Lovely blue shirts and blue pants and blue caps in the American League here in the hot weather. They take off their jackets. They're Bill Valentine behind the plate. Marty Springstead at first base. Johnny Stevens umpiring at second. And Bob Stewart at third. Wally Moses out representing the Tigers. And Dick Williams, the rookie big league manager, Exchanging a lineup card. He's looking right at you now over the shoulder of the umpire of the Red Sox. It's always interesting to note that they make out the lineups in triplicates. And when they go to the plate, they exchange lineup cards. With the umpires having one and each manager having a lineup card. Here are the standings right up to the minute now in the American League. Chicago won yesterday. They lead the Tigers by three, the Twins by three and a half, the Red Sox by six. Ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem.
National League. The Cardinals won last night. They lead the Cubs now, who lost their fifth in a row to Houston by two and a half. The Reds by four. The Braves by six. And the Giants by six. The Giants won last night against the Dodgers. They're six out instead of six and a half. So we still do have two sizzling races here in the Major League as we're approaching the All-Star Game break. The Tigers are on the field. Danny McLean is about to begin his warm-up pitches on a warm afternoon in Detroit. Temperature is in the 80s here. It's a little bit muggy. We have very little breeze. What breeze there is is blowing from home plate out towards second base. Now, this is one of the prettiest ballparks of the majors, and incidentally, one of the best action or hitting ballparks. There's a good background here for the hitters, and the stands are within easy range in left field and right field, and also a low line drive is out here. So it's not an easy park to pitch in unless you make those batters hit it straight away because there's a very deep center field here of 440 feet. So the idea is to keep the right-handers and the left-handers from pulling and to get them to hit into this deep center field. Now as Danny McClain warms up, let's have Sandy Koufax talk about the Tigers starting pitcher. Well, Kurt, uh, McClain's basically a fastball and curveball pitcher. Uh, they say he's working on a slider now which uh, might be because he has little trouble with uh, the curveball. He hangs a lot of them, gives up a lot of long balls, a lot of home runs. I think he's given up 23 already this year. And uh, I think the slider might be an easier pitch for him to control. So uh, he's trying to, you know, get another pitch to go with his good fastball and keep the ball down. Denny uh, is going to be awfully tough uh, when he keeps the ball down because he's got good breaking stuff and a good fastball. All right, Sandy, Denny McLean, an accomplished Oregon player, is now pitching to Mike Andrews, who will be 24 years old tomorrow. He's one of the old men on this Boston ball club. Andrews batting 254, has three homers, 16 RBIs. This is his rookie season. He played for Dick Williams at Toronto last year. Line drive type of hitter, an excellent bunter in the strike zone. He leads the American League in sacrifice bunts with 12, and he led the International League in sacrifice bunts last year. Andrews Boy Yaskrimski for the Red Sox in the top of the first. And he bloops it out in the center. It's going to drop for a base hit. He hit a curveball. Picked up out there by Mickey Stanley, so there goes your no-hitter, the leadoff batter of the game single. Mike Andrews on first, and Joe Foy coming up, batting 231 with 12 homers, 28 runs batted in. Foy got off to a very slow start. He has now been hitting over 300, though, in his last 30 games. He's coming along, and the Red Sox think he'll have a solid second half of the season with a bat. He's a straightaway hitter. Has a lot of power to left center and right center. Lane Kersey with ball one. Strips to be on deck. These are two of the best batting ball clubs in the American League. The Red Sox lead the league in batting. And the Tigers and Red Sox are tied for the lead in home runs in the American League. They've each hit 78 homers. So when they get going with those bats, you have some action. And they both play in ballparks that favor the hitters. Fenway Park and Tiger Stadium. One ball, no strikes. Fastball is a high. It's two and nothing. 
a New York boy, born there, still lives there. The last time the Red Sox were in New York while they were playing the Yankees, his parents' home burned down. And uh, he went out and helped his parents move. It was an eventful weekend for him, one that he'll never forget, ball three. Boy looks the ball over well. He led the Red Sox in walks last year. Andrews at first. Nobody out top of the first inning. He walked on four pitches. Now the Red Sox have runners on first and second. Nobody out. And Carl Yastrzemski coming up. He's been in a slump. He's a streaky hitter. When he gets hot, boy, he can be as hot as anyone in baseball. And he can cool off and have his problems. He's had only one hit in his last 19 times up, but he's still right up there in the batting title race, hitting 313. Frank Robinson leads the league with 337. Spensky's third in batting. Straight away for him. He's pulling the ball more this year, Yastrzemski is, than he has in the past. He used to be almost a dead opposite field hitter. Right to him. Canigliaro will be on deck. Andrews is the second. Boy at first. Nobody out. Spemsky's had 18 homers. He had 20 the entire season last year. He's knocked in 54 runs. A one-strike delivery. There's a line shot. Cash has it. Goes to second. And back to first. He was going for the triple play. He had a cinch double play at first. He flipped over to Andrews, and Andrews is doubled off with Ray Euler, the shortstop, making a play. Cash had visions of a triple play at that time. He saw he had easily doubled off first boy. All he had to do was run over there and step on the bag. But he was hoping to get the toss to second and then back to him at first for the triple play. And that was a fairly close play at second for the double play. Quickly, two down on a line drive, and here's Canigliaro up, and he's been the hottest batter for the Red Sox. He's hit five homers his last nine games. Boy getting back. He has had also 30 runs batted in in his last 26 games. In other words, he's been getting an RBI for every ball game. He got off to a slow start, and then he went into the service for two weeks to set him back. Right, he's still a baby. Started playing with the Red Sox at 64, and he's only 22 years old. First, two down, no score. One ball, one strike. Miglero uh, is 
not been injured this year. He's had a penchant for getting bones broken. He's had three bo broken bones. High fly, right center. Mickey Stanley galloping over. Balls it in and lets it fire the clock. No run. One hit for the Red Sox. There were no errors. A one man left. Middle of the first inning, our score. The Red Sox nothing. The Tigers are coming to bat. You're new in the Legion, eh? Yeah. Why did you join? Went out of town one day. Business. Took the family's right guard with me. You left your whole family defenseless? Yeah. Get off my son, June! Gillette right guard. The perfect personal family deodorant. Because nothing touches you but the spray itself. Don't leave your family defenseless. Get an extra Gillette right guard. Oh, am I getting a terrible shave. Oh, am I getting a terrible shave. Here, Henry, stop that moaning. Oh, am I getting a wonderful shave. Oh. Lee Stang warming up. Sandy Koufax on Mr. Stang. Kurt Stang is 3-5 and five this year. He's had a sore arm all spring. Uh, they think he's coming around now. He's a sinker-slider type pitcher. He'll throw that fastball inside and try and move the right-hand hitters back a little bit and try and make you hit the, hit the slider, which is probably his best pitch. Stang will throw an overhand curveball uh, mostly to the left-hand hitters. He doesn't throw too many to the right-hand hitters, but he'll try and throw that straight overhand curveball to the left-handers as a third pitch to them. Lenny Green, 13th professional baseball season, leading off for the Tigers, called up from their Toledo Farm Club. And the first pitch is in there for a strike. K-line out. Gates Brown is out. Willie Horton is ailing. He may not play regular the rest of the year. Tigers were desperate for outfielders, so they made a trade to get veteran Jim Landis and brought Lenny Green up. Green was released by the Red Sox. He hit that on a line to Mike Andrews, and there's one down. And Green has been hitting that ball since the Tigers brought him up. He's been coming through for him. Here's Jerry Lumpy. Batting 191. He's another line drive type hitter. Don Worth, the regular third baseman of the Tigers, has a full hamstring muscle. The Lumpy's in the lineup. One out, nobody on. Ball one. Remember how small Bobby Shands used to be? Well, this fellow's not much bigger. He weighs about 162, 63 pounds. 1-0 delivery. Strike. And Pee-wee, I think by the time he hangs in this ball game and it's over, he'll weigh about 154, 55 in his hot day. Stands a good chance of losing a little bit because it's hot and humid here to Detroit today. But uh, usually these little fellas can take it better than the big one. Blowing away, ball two, strike one to Jerry Lumpy, Dick McAuliffe on deck. These Tigers are loaded with left-handed batters. Have five of them in their lineup. Two-one pitch. At the letters, two and two. 
Stang's been with the Twins and the Indians. The 2-2 pitch. Now we go 3-2 and two to Jerry Lumpy. One out, nobody on. Wraps it sharply to George Scott. George makes the play, and he's there. Two down. George Scott of Greenville, Mississippi. Told us today that his mother's watching him play. She bought a television set, especially for this game. Says, my mother's name's Magnolia. And he said, say hello to my mom. She's looking in. Never seen me play in the big leagues before. And he said, I got to get a couple long taters for her today. I got to hit... Get two long hits and make two good plays in the field for him. So we'll see how he does today. He's quite a fielding first base. Two down, nobody on. And Dick McAuliffe up batting 252. Here's a fellow never looks too comfortable to play, does he, Pee-wee? No, he doesn't. I would say it's a very unusual stance. If you watch him now, it looks like a, kind of a cigar, cigar is going in up there, but he can swing that bat. He pops it up with a shallow right. Tony Canigliaro's there. And it's an easy one, two, three inning for Lee Stang. The Tigers three up, three down at the end of the first inning to score. The Red Sox nothing and the Tigers nothing. Winston makes an extra long cigarette that tastes good, like only a Winston could, with an extra measure of the famous quality that has made Winston America's largest selling cigarette. Anyone can make a long cigarette, but just length alone won't give you the taste you're looking for. Remember, it's not how long you make it. Pick up a pack of new Super King Size Winstons today. It's good. It's sure. It's Winston. And here's George Scott now, Greenville, Mississippi up. Hitting 293. He's had 10 homers, 40 runs batted in. gets a hold of one, he can ride it about as far as anybody in the game. Ball one to him. It'll be Scott Petroselli and Reggie Smith for the Red Sox in the second. Little change up. Backhanded by McLean. Tosses him out. We have one down. Here's the starting shortstop for the American League in the All-Star game in Anaheim Tuesday, Rico Petroselli. The strike, he's been out of action about 10 days. He was hit on the wrist, the right wrist. You can see it taped up. And he broke back in the lineup last night. One ball, one strike. Petroselli batting 300. 
has eight homers, 33 RBIs. Red Sox have four of the top ten batters in the American League. And he hits that on the line to shortstop. Two down. Ray Oiler, who's been playing a mess of shortstop for the Tigers the last month. Reggie Smith coming up. Boy who led the International League in batting last year with a 320 average. He's off to a slow start. But he's starting to come around. He's a switch hitter. Batting 216. He can run, too. He was drafted out of the Minnesota Twins organization by the Red Sox. Ball one. Two down, nobody on, no score. Top of the second. NBC's Major League Baseball. One and one to him. One pitch to Reggie Smith is two and one. Well, McLean has allowed 23 homers this year, one every five innings. Last year he gave up 42 homers, the most home runs given up by a pitcher in the major league. Well, he has that gopher ball problem. Bounding ball to Norm Cash. Does it on his own, and the Red Sox are three up, three down in the second. In the middle of the second inning, the score is the Red Sox nothing, the Tigers nothing. No matter what your mode of travel or how much luxury you've grown accustomed to, it's easy to get carried away by the long, fine car looks of Plymouth Fury and by a price that seems meager to anyone who appreciates sport luxury. Fury's a distinctive car everywhere, big for the low price feel. Big on extra value features. the luxury, lightning, the most powerful standard V8 in its class, all of which accounts for the great popularity of Fury 67. Plymouth is out to win you over this year, follow your heart to your Plymouth dealer today. He didn't get last night's scores here uh, in 11 innings. The Tigers beat the Red Sox 5-4. It was Cleveland 6, Washington 3. New York shut out Baltimore 3-0. The White Sox nipped Minnesota 2-1. The Angels took a doubleheader from the A's 7-2, 8-2. We'll give the National League scores a little bit later. Hey, those Angels have really got red hot the last month, do we? They certainly have, Kurt. They were 12 under 500 just uh, not too long ago and looked to me like uh, Mr. Rigney manager may be in a little trouble, but right now, he's brought that ball club along, and they're only six behind. They're 43 and 40. This ball club is ready to move. Glad to see it for Bill Rickney's sake. And we'll be out in Anaheim Tuesday. That's the home of the Angels for the annual All-Star Game, which will be seen on NBC television and heard on NBC radio. Andy and I will be there to cover the game, and we're looking forward to having Buddy Blattner, the very fine broadcaster of the California Angels, working with us on both television and radio. Top man, Buddy. There's a high fly. Center field, Reggie Smith calling for it, and Norm Cash flies out on the first pitch in the last of the second. The gray fox coming up. Jim Northrup. He's young, but he's 
starting to get those gray hairs. He gives some pitchers gray hairs, too. He's batting 276. Four homers, 31 RBI. He'll spray the ball around. He hits with power to left center. He had the mumps a few weeks ago. One out, nobody on. Lee Stang's pitch. His ball one to him. Bill Freehand is on deck. Strike to him, one and one. Northrop graduated from Elma College in Elma, Michigan. He won letters in five sports. Quite an athlete. One-one pitch to him. Strike. We're about as close to the playing field here as any broadcast location in the major leagues. Our uh, NBC booth is suspended just above the Tiger on deck circle. You can almost reach out down there. We're looking right down at Bill Freehand now. He's right down below us. They're talking about that. You better watch these left-handed hitters because we may get a little line drive in this booth. And I know that you'll uh, be the person to jump up there and grab it. I'll be the first one under the table. That's right. For years here, I've worked here, Pee-wee, and you've got to watch out. When these liners foul come up here, they really come up here. Strike three to Northrop. Two down. Slow motion and north of swing. Yeah, it's got under that pitch. Two down, nobody on, and Bill Freehan up. He'll be the starting catcher in the All-Star game for the American League. He's on his way to a record. That is not too pleasant. Ball one. He's been hit 12 times this year. And the Tiger record for being hit most times in the season by a pitcher of 17 held by Heine Manoush back in 1923. We have no score. Last of the second. Ball two. It looks like every time we slow a, show a slow motion shot of a batter, he always swings over the top of the ball. Was it a ball player one time that had his shoes built up because he kept swinging over the top of the ball? Pounding <laughs> ball to Joe Foy at third. Fires across to Scott, and that's it. They're down one, two, three in the last of the second inning. So at the end of the second, the score, nothing to nothing. The Gillette Technatic Razor costs $2.95. Ask your face about it. How about it? I thought you'd never ask. I want one. Why? Look, I can't stand pressure. The lighter a razor feels, the better I feel. And this Techmatic feels very light. Uh-huh. Now, nicks. Do you know what one nick can do to my pride? With the Tecmatic, you're just not going to nick me so much. That's a fact. You're very sensitive. Yes. Another thing about the Tecmatic, this crank, it unwinds a super stainless steel band. It's so easy. You won't keep shaving me with a worn-out edge just because you are too lazy oh, to... get nasty. Too lazy to change blades while you're shaving. You'll flip that lever. Hey, you really do want a Gillette Tecmatic, don't you? Well, why didn't you say so before? 
Well, faces should be seen, not heard. We want to remind you that the telecast and broadcast time of the All-Star Game Tuesday will be 7 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, 6 o'clock Central, 5 o'clock Mountain, and 4 o'clock Pacific Time. Tuesday, July 11th, another NBC Sports exclusive. Mike Ryan from Haverhill, Massachusetts, leading off. He'll be followed by Lee Stang, and then to the top of the order for Mike Andrews. We have no score. The Red Sox have the only hit of the game. We're in the top of the third. Ball one. Playing using a lot of slow stuff, mixing it up with his fastball so far. Ryan caught a game recently. He didn't know it, but he had a dislocated knuckle and knocked in three runs during the game. One ball, one strike. They had to put the knuckle back in place after the game. Play by the left, that knuckle out of place. Ground ball to third baseman Jerry Lumpy. Flip across, and we have one down. And the pitcher Lee Stang comes up. That reminds me, Pee Wee, and the 1950 All-Star Game in Chicago. You probably played in that game. Ted Williams crashed into the wall at Comiskey Park and fractured his elbow. And they had to operate on him a few days later. And they took about all oh, three or four inches of elbow bone out. And he stayed in that game and swung the bat and got a line drive single with a fractured elbow. Yes, I do remember it. And I was there. Of course, Williams, imagine he could hit right now. He hit 350 if they put him back in uniform. Ball one. A lot of people wonder about Ted. What's he doing? Where he is? He makes his winter home in Isla Morada, Florida, and he's in Lakeville, Massachusetts right now. Has a boys camp there in Cape Cod. And uh, so he combines between the two. One ball, one strike. Did Ted Williams ever think about managing the Red Sox? I'm sure he could have had the job if he wanted it. He never wanted to manage said he would never want to manage and wanted no part of it. So they get another Williams. Right. One out, nobody on. One ball, one strike. Strike. Williams always said, I might have had a little problems with the press. <laughs> no. <laughs> one ball, two strikes. The least dang, one out, nobody on. The ball, two and two. The Twins and the White Sox are underway. No score at the end of the first inning. Merritt against John. Washington scoreless in their first inning. They're playing at Cleveland. It'll be Joe Coleman against Louis Tion. The rest of the actions tonight. Martin Lee. All three to the opposing pitcher. In the National League, the Pirates are leading Cincinnati two to nothing at the end of the first inning. Arrigo against Sisk. Los Angeles to San Francisco hasn't started, and the rest of the National League games are tonight. Three and two pitch to Lee Stang. They walked him. He lost him. He was ahead on the count. So there's a runner on first, one out. Mike Andrews coming up. You know, before the game, we asked Dick Williams, the rookie manager of the Red Sox, and he thought the Red Sox would stay in contention the rest of the year. Kurt, I think uh, we'll get stronger as we go along. Uh, we've been 
losing uh, a lot of one-run ball games and winning an awful lot uh, the past couple of weeks, but this ball club doesn't give up. Uh, it's a young ball club. It's gaining experience as the season progresses, and uh, our pitching is getting stronger as we go along, so I look for us to be up in contention uh, the full year. Ball one. By the way, uh, Dick's mother, Mrs. Hodel, the San Gabriel Valley, and El, El, let's see, Arcadia, California, and El Cadena. Watching Dick today, we understand. NBC outlet out there. You played with Dick, uh, we? Yes, sir, I certainly did, and I saw him when he dove for a ball in Ebbets Field. I heard his shoulder, and I think he would have been a real fine outfielder. Andrews takes ball two, two and one. It was nice to hear Bobby Doerr, the great second baseman for the Red Sox for a number of years, who's now coaching for him at first base, say that he thought that Williams had could take full credit for this ball club doing what it has done this year. He's done a real great job in getting this ball club from being a country club into a real contender. Andrews hits that fly ball to Mickey Stanley. Center fielder, two down. Stangs at first. And Joe Foy up, walks. This game comes to you from Tiger Stadium in Detroit, live and in color, exclusively on NBC. We have no score. We're at the top of the third inning. The Red Sox have two down, and Lee Stangs at first. Foy still batting 231. Right, he cocked that bat high up there, doesn't he? Just noticing that, Kurt, we were uh, talking about it a while ago. Yastrzemski and Reggie Smith, a lot of them uh, have that close stance, a little bit like Ted Williams. I guess he's taught this ball club in spring training, hasn't he? Not only that, he's worked with them, you know, down the minors. They're the high fly to straightaway center. Stanley had flipped those sunglasses down. That's it. Three putouts for center fielder Stanley so far, and the Red Sox are all out in the third. They had no runs, no hits, there were no errors, but one man left. So in the middle of the third inning, the score is the Red Sox nothing, and the Tigers nothing. Now Winston makes a super king, a Winston super king. Did you say Winston makes a super king a super king-sized Winston? Yes, Winston makes a super king with a taste that's Winston good. It's not how long you make it. It's how you make it long. So try a Winston super king. Anyone can make a long cigarette. But it's not how long you make it, it's how you make it long. And only Winston can give you an extra measure of the famous quality that has made Winston America's largest selling cigarette. Pick up a tall gold and red pack of new super king size Winstons today. Tastes good. It should. It's Winston. The Tigers' bottom of the order coming up in the last of the third inning. Stanley, Euler, and McLean facing Lee Stang. Stang 
30 years old, lives now in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. And the boys facing Mickey Stanley can really play a marvelous defensive outfield. His hitting has been doubtful. But he can go get that ball. Batting 218. Four homers, 14 RBIs. Ball one. Stang attended Drake University, played baseball, basketball, and football there. This is his 11th pro season. He came to the Red Sox last year along with Don McMahon and the trade for Dick Raddatz. In fact, the Indians have given the Red Sox two starters, Stang and Gary Bell. And they needed some pitching. And they suddenly have come up with the best pitching staff they've had in a long time. They're about third or fourth in the league now. And Team in fact, I think the last 20-some games, nobody has scored over three runs a game on it, or over four. They're getting good, steady pitch. High pop-up, George Scott, the first baseman. Foul ground, one out. Miller, the next batter, batting 208, no homers, 14 RBIs. Pitcher will be up next. Ball one. One out, nobody on. One and one. Lifetime record against the Tigers is five wins, six losses. Two and one. The Ray Euler. O Y L E R. The two one delivery. Three and one now. doesn't walk many. Gives up about two walks every nine innings he pitches. Right now he's behind three and one to Ray Euler. Three and two. Pretty good crowd here today, Saturday afternoon in Tiger Stadium. 3-2 delivery. Bounding ball. But the Sully can't handle it off the bag. And Oilers on. That's an error charge to Rico Petroselli. Shortstop Reese analyzed this one for you. Oh, you can take a look. He got that. He didn't get a short hop. He got about a three-quarter hop, and that's the toughest play you can get from a shortstop. And Rico uh, couldn't find the handle. I'll say one thing about this, Kurt, this young shortstop you've been telling me about. He can hit that curveball. If he can hit the curveball, he's going to be a good hitter. And Rico uh, couldn't find the handle. 
say one thing about this, Kurt. This young shortstop you've been telling me about, he can hit that curveball. If he can hit the curveball, he's going to be a good hitter. Drives the bunt and fouls it off. Mike Andrews diving in the end about that one for a month. <laughs> Looked like Stang tried to throw him a high fastball, Kurt, making it difficult to butt it, and uh, the high fastball is probably a little easier to hit it. Well, the Detroit Tigers have a threat going now in the last of the third, with one down, runners on first and second. second his first time. Lenny didn't have too far to go to join the Tigers. He was playing at Toledo. His home is here in Detroit, and he was commuting to Toledo to play minor league baseball. There's a blooper to left. It's a base hit. Coming in to score is Euler. Dostremski's throw comes through, and it's not in time. of second base is McLean. Lenny Green really filling the bill for the injured Gates Brown and Willie Horton. Done quite a job since they brought him up. But the Tigers lead now one to nothing. The runners on first and second one out. Jerry Lumpy's up and he grounded out his first time. talking about a while ago that the Detroit Ball Club has put five left-handers to start of this lineup. As we saw out here last night, Dick Williams came with a left-hander the first opportunity he had. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he does it today. There's no one, no action in the bullpen right now, though. One strike pitch. Hammered foul on the ground. Strike two. Now Williams is Moaning the days, I wish I had a couple left-handed starters to throw at these fellas in this ballpark. The Red Sox, uh, Mel Parnell retired, though, always had trouble coming up with a left-handed starting pitcher. They 
Plus the ballparks against the left-hander there in Boston. But they've never been able to get any left-handers on their staff. Good starters. And you need them against clubs here like the Tigers and the White Sox. The Yankees had Bear and all those fellows. One ball, two strikes. Do you think the Red Sox... Uh, Maybe sometime uh, built their ball club around their home park in Boston? <laughs> I believe most of the time. I think most clubs do, though, don't they, Peter? Do I have to answer that? I mean, you play after games there, you should take advantage of the geography. One ball, two strikes. Yankees always look for those left-handed pull hitters. The Dodgers, though, when they moved to L.A., that they wanted speed and pitching out there, didn't they, Sandy? Yes, they did, Kurt. And uh, the Yankees always had pretty good left-handed pitching. Uh, right. Tigers like the left-handed pull hitters here. It's only 325 down the line. You know, the first thing that came in my mind was the, the old Dodgers, of course, you can always talk about because playing with them for so long. We had eight or seven right-handed hitters, and we had a right field fence about 290. Change up full, Jerry Luffy and struck him out. That's right. Snyder was the only one to really take aim on that fence, wasn't he? That's right. Of course, as you've said many of the time, uh, it was a band box anyway. <laughs> that way, I have to needle you a little bit. <laughs> Two down. Runners on first and second, and Dick McCollum, but flat out his first time. Tigers are leading one to nothing here in the last of the third. Ball one, McAuliffe. It's funny sometimes what misfortune can do to a person an organization or an athletic team. And misfortune right now seems to sort of spur the Tigers on. Strike. They have won five in a row, seven of their last nine, without K-Line and Willie Horton and Gates Brown in the lineup. Boys all knew they all had to bear down harder to make up for their absence. One and one to Dick McCollum. Plains at second, Lenny Greens at first, curveball missing, two and one. Two down, two one pitch. Three and one, though. Norman Cash on deck. In the two innings, the Twins and the White Sox, no score. Three one delivery. Side of first base, George Scott, waiting for that one to come down. And so Stang gets out of the jam. In the third, the Tigers had one run, two hits, one Red Sox error, and two men left. 
At the end of the third inning, the score of the Tigers won and the Red Sox nothing. 1965. Remember the Indianapolis 500? Rookie Jimmy Clark won in record time. The entire Northeast went dark in history's biggest blackout. Women discovered the miniskirt. And Paul Benson tried Valentine beer for the first time. It's okay, but I still like my beer better. Now that bothered us, so we did something about it. 1967, and Paul Benson tries Valentine again. Now that's a great glass of beer. What'd they do? We improved. It's not easy to make a good beer better, but we did it. 1967 Valentine is so good. It's now a premium beer. And it says so right on the label. Valentine's got the flavor that says, Hey, friend, do it again. Valentine beer. Hey, friend, do it again. Valentine, Valentine beer. Valentine premium beer. We pause briefly for station identification. This is the NBC Television Network. Channel 6, Schenectady. Kurt Gowdy, Pee Wee Reese, Sandy Koufax with you again from Tiger Stadium. As we're going to the fourth inning, Yastrzemski, Canigliaro, and Scott up for the Red Sox. There's Carl Yastrzemski. Won a batting title three years ago. Before the game, we asked him his chances of winning another American League batting championship. Well, Kurt, uh, I don't want to predict anything. Uh, right now, I'm down about 315, 314, somewhere in that area. Plus, you have uh, Tony Oliva coming on strong, hitting the ball well. Expect him to improve. And also, you have Kaline and Robinson. It's a tough thing to say. You just go out and uh, put out 100% every day, and uh, let's see what happens. I want to pen it. Well, they all want to pen it, Boston. They want one here in Detroit, too. They haven't had them for a long time. Carl hit and lined into a double place first time. Oh, when we have a wire here from Winter Haven, Florida. That's the spring training base of the Red Sox. Winter Haven, Florida. Very proud of the fine record of the team. Offers heartiest congratulations. There's a line drive in the gap in right center. That ball is going back to the wall. Jastrzemski's going in a second, and he has a stand-up double. He's led the American League in doubles three of the last four years. Telegram assigned George Martin Jr., President of Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. Thank you. Tony Canigliaro flied out to center field his first time. That was Yastrzemski's 16th double of the year. Ever hear one of his rock and roll records, Canigliaro? No, I haven't heard. Pretty good rock singer. Fouls it out of place, strike one. Last winter, Tony, uh, he'd never been much of it. There's Nostremski a second, a hunter of fishermen, and friend of his, a pilot with one of the airlines, talked him into going over to Africa on a safari. Tony said it cost me $5,000, but it was worth it. He had the time of his life, went on a six-week safari. One ball, one strike. Must be single, isn't it? 
McLean pitching to Tony Canigliero with the Tigers ahead one to nothing. We're in the fourth inning. Dispensky's on second, nobody out. Slow ball, a little bit high, two and one. Miglero, uh, he attacks the ball. He sticks his head right over that plate, charges right into it. He's aggressive with the plate. Three and one to him now. Pepsi getting his lead. Fourth inning, NBC's Major League Baseball. Hope you're enjoying the games each Saturday. Fly ball out to Mickey Stanley. Stremski's tagging at second. Stanley deep grabs it, is firing at third. Good throw, a little bit off. Stremski's in the third base. And that's the fourth put out for Mickey Stanley. Now the Red Sox have the tying run at third with one down. And George Scott coming up, rolled out to the pitcher his first time. Now McLean's doing one thing, Pee Wee. He's making those batters hit that ball straight away for the most part. Yes, he is, Kurt. And I was thanking them with a count three and one on Conigliero. He's been hot lately. I didn't think they would give him too good of a pitch to hit. Of course, that was not a bad pitch. He's a curveball out away from him. Kind of fooled him a little bit. Of course, George Scott is no soft touch. They're appealing at second base. And the uh, second base umpire, Stevens yelled over to uh, to uh, the first base umpire who had called the play. The second base umpire was going out to watch the play in center field. So Springstead had been covering, watching the runner tag a second, the strike. And they said the Spensky tag all right went on the third. Didn't leave too soon. One strike to George Scott. Stemski at third, one down. Scott hitting 292. Blows the fastball in there, 0 and 2. Scott last year hit a lot of home runs early in the year. He was going downtown on every pitch. Now he's just trying to hit the ball back to the middle this year and hit the right field. He struck out a lot last year. Every now and then he'll take a big ripple, though. No balls, two strikes. That hurts, Kurt. Uh, you got man on third and less than two out, and you don't get a piece of the ball, he's got no chance. Say he did a pretty good job of pitching too. He just got through curving Canigliaro two or three times there, and Scott may have been looking for a curveball. He threw him two fastballs, and I guess he was still waiting for that curveball. He threw him three fastballs. He took all three of them. And Petroselli takes ball one. 
Two down, Yastrzemski up third. Yastrzemski led off this inning with a double. The Tigers are ahead, one to nothing. Fourth inning. Leads him another slow and two and oh. The Twins and the White Sox now have gone three innings, no score. Jim Merritt against Tommy John. Washington leads Cleveland two to nothing at the end of an inning and a half. Pirates lead the Reds two to nothing at the end of two and a half. The only other game's going. Blaine boring that fastball through. A two and one count to Rico Petroselli. Rico says his two greatest thrills in life. He had twin boys here a few weeks ago and then being picked for the All-Star team. one pitch. That one just missed. Three and one to Petroselli. Pemsky on third. Two down. Three one delivery. Three and two. Right, he used to go out and he was telling me today, he said, Pee Wee used to be one of my heroes when I was a little boy. <laughs> he used to go out and watch you fellas play all the time. He's a Brooklyn boy. Kurt Pee Wee was one of my heroes when I was a little boy. Me too. 3 2 pitch, ball four. Runners on first and third, two down. Reggie Smith coming up. Tigers have one run, two hits. The Red Sox have no runs, two hits. Smith grounded out his first time. Batting 215. Smith began as a shortstop, went to third base. He has one of the most powerful throwing arms you'll ever want to see. Get some argument, of course. That's what makes baseball so much fun. You can argue all the time about things, but Red Sox players believe that Smith has the strongest throwing arm of anyone in the American League. There are the two runners, Jastrzemski at third, Petroselli at first. Two down. McLean has walked three so far. McLean will be pitching one and nothing to Reggie Smith. Now it's two and oh. Two balls, no strikes. off to him that time, two and one. The Red Sox have lost something. Their nine, last nine losses have been by one run. Nine one-run losses. 
That's 12 losses that have been by one run. The 10. Got to be 10. The 2-1 pitch. Fly ball to the opposite field. Lenny Green's waiting for it. And that's all for the Red Sox in the fourth. No runs, one hit, there were no errors, two left. In the middle of the fourth inning, the score, the Tigers won and the Red Sox nothing. Whatever you're now driving, even if it's your pride and joy, your spirits will soar when you get one over to Barracuda. The all-new Plymouth sports car that's as wild as a European GT. This Formula S version is a wild with a standard 273 cubic inch V8 for an optional 383. Final pleated snug fitting buckets, console shift, and instruments ready to rally. An interior that could only have been designed by motion experts. There's no seeing it without trying it, because Barracuda is the sports car you can easily afford. Plymouth is out to win you over this year. Follow your heart to your Plymouth dealer today. Barracuda, so wild it's created a following all its own. Tomorrow night, the saint goes to jail in a daring attempt to trap a ring of prison escape artists. Roger Moore portrays the legendary Simon Templer. Tomorrow night at 10, 9 Central Time, right here on NBC. Norm Cash, Jim Northrup, Bill Freehan up for the Tigers in the last of the fourth inning. Cash fly to center his first time up, batting 258. You know, you look at Cash, you wouldn't think so. He's quite a football player. San Angelo, Texas Junior College. Just drafted by the Chicago Bears one time. There's a ground ball out to Mike Andrews. One down. Cash out, Andrews to Scott. Jim Northrop struck out his first time. We'll be in... Dodger Stadium next Saturday for NBC's Major League Baseball, the Chicago Cubs, and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Four o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. Ball one. Tigers won, the Red Sox nothing, last of the fourth. Sharp ground ball down to Scott. Flips to stand covering, two down. And Bill Freehand coming up now, grounded out his first time. One thing that has helped the Red Sox pitching this year has been their best defensive infield in some time. But the Sully is short. Andrews has stepped in, done a good job as a rookie of second. Scott's a fine first baseman, and Foy's very steady at third. Ball one. And I believe the next picture will tell you that infield's pretty important, right, Sandy? Yes, it is, Kurt. Uh, those great plays behind you make it a lot easier. 
Strike the free hand, one and one to the big tiger catcher, Mayo Smith. Looking on, a new tiger manager, Grandfella. Two and one. Kurt, uh, Pee-wee and I were talking, we, you know, made a comparison between Scott and Hodges, but we decided that uh, Scott uh, handles the pop flies a little better. Gil used to shake under pop fly. He'd catch bad hops and ground balls, and he hated those pop flies. Here's the ball hit sharply to Joe Foy at third. And they're down one, two, three. We're rocking right along here in a brilliant pitching duel between McLean and Stang. So at the end of the fourth inning, the score... The Tigers won and the Red Sox nothing. Young man. Yes, madam. Is this the one they call the spoiler? Oh, yes, madam. You're absolutely sure? Yes, madam. With the miracle plastic coating on the edge? Yes, madam. But it doesn't say the spoiler. Madam, I give you my word. Thank you. You know, my husband has so much trouble when he shaves. I must tell him about it. drop your razor. It's like dropping your watch. It gets knocked out of alignment. The blade doesn't sit just right. You don't know why, but you get nicked. So if you've ever dropped your razor hard, you may need a new one. Nothing lasts forever. Not even a Gillette razor. We'll be in Dodger Stadium at the Surprising Cups and the Dodgers play next Saturday. Ron Sano, Billy Williams, Ernie Banks, the Cup team and the ever-lovable Leo DeRocher face the Dodgers. The folks in Chicago and Los Angeles will see the game between Houston and San Francisco. It's a late game starting 4 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, exclusively on NBC. And moving in now to take over our play-by-play, -play, another NBC exclusive, Mr. Pee Wee Reese. Thank you, Mr. Gowdy. Mike Ryan's the first hitter, batting 234. It's been all pitching with Dennis McLean giving up two hits and Lee Stang giving up two hits. But the score, Detroit won. The Red Sox nothing. The ever-lovable Leo DeRoche. I thought you were going to bring me back in and say the ever-lovable Pee Wee Reese. <laughs> Curveball. Little high, ball two. Sandy, I guess Leo may be listening down in Houston today. If you ever have to play for him, sometimes you don't think he's too lovable. Well, the only time I played for him, Pee Wee, when he was coach, uh, I didn't play for him as manager, and he was a lovable sort of coach. <laughs> <laughs> Two balls, one strike on Mike Ryan, leading things off with the Red Sox here in the top half of the fifth inning. He'll be followed by the pitcher base staying a real good swing, no contact. Two and two. The last time we were in Detroit, we saw Dennis McLean pitch. I was thinking then that he may have kept his fastball and his breaking stuff down a little bit better then, but he's had real good success. I think he's been up the ball a little bit more today. He's gotten the breaking ball up a lot, but it's been taken. Uh, a lot of times uh, you see that ball hit, you never get to see if the breaking ball is up or not because it gets hit first, but Red Sox have taken a lot of high curveballs today. 
fellow sitting behind the plate, Bill Freehan, has something to do with what that pitcher throws, I'm sure. And he did a great job on George Scott a while ago. I thrown him three straight fastballs. Change up in a dandy. You could see Mike Ryan was out in front of that off-speed pitch of his fastball. Two-and-two two pitch. He's made good use of it today, uh, Pee Wee. He's gotten quite a few hitters uh, on change-ups. And uh, last time we were here, he didn't throw that many. Maybe one or two during the ball game. He's probably thrown 10 or 12 of them already in the four innings. Lee Stang walked his only time up today. Dennis McLean, his only time up today is a line drive base hit out in the right field. Pitchers. I like an eagle, but Mr. Stang... A good hitter, McLean. Fastball right in there. The call strike one, and this ball game is moving right along. Remember, next Saturday, we'll be out in L.A. for a game between the Cubs and the Dodgers. The Cubs ran into a little snag lately. They've lost five straight. Let's hope they bounce back. One strike on Lee Stang. In there for a call strike two. And McLean said, I'll not walk to you this time. You can see the uniform of Stang. It's quite a bit of perspiration on it. It's, it's hot. Humid. Dennis McLean. Talking about the Arrow. Freehand moves outside, and the umpire started to come up with that right hand, said it was a little bit too high. One ball and two strikes. Kurt, the Nigliaro singer, Dennis McLean's an organ player, isn't he? That's right. They make quite a quite a combo together, wouldn't they, in the offseason? Did he say he just made a record or something? A lazy looper out in the right field. Jim Northrup under takes it one-handed. Tony made some records a couple of years ago. I don't believe he made any last year, though, but uh, he was cutting records a couple of years ago for a company. Incidentally, McLean, we understand, is opening a new restaurant here, and they're going to name it the Upper Deck. <laughs> there you go. Oh, <laughs> the Upper Deck. And they've been kidding him about all the home runs in the Upper Deck he's been giving up here, so that's a good name for the restaurant. Well, talking about the home runs it off with Denny McLean, he's in pretty good company with Ramos and Robin Roberts, both of them fine pitchers. A high fastball that gets you in trouble occasionally. Andrews, the second baseman, takes the first pitch to low, ball one. Pittsburgh leads Cincinnati three to nothing after three. And the American League after two, Washington, Cleveland all tied up two and two. Minnesota, Chicago after four, no score. We hit a ripple at that one. One ball and one strike. White Sox and the Twins. Those White Sox get some kind of pitching. They, they are never out of a ball game. The White Sox I'm talking about. Curveball. Outside. Two balls, one strike. On Andrews. Who used to be a shortstop. Moved in the second base and Dixville Williams said that's the spot. He looks better there than he did at shortstop. 
Ball hit right back through the middle. McAuliffe up with the ball. Flips the ball over to Cash, and that's all for Andrews, and that's all for the Red Sox in the top half of the fifth inning. No runs, no hits, no errors, and no one left on base. We have the four and a half innings of play. It's Detroit. One, the Red Sox, nothing. to Mayo Smith and asked him how's the ball club been doing since he lost Al Kaline. Here's what he had to say. Mayo, how's your ball club been looking since you lost your star Al Kaline? Well, actually, Pee Wee, we've uh, won seven and lost two since Al's been out of the lineup. We were very fortunate in uh, coming up with uh, Jim Landis and also Lenny Green uh, due to the injury to Al and Gates Brown. The first hitter for the Tigers... Mickey Stanley, the center fielder. Having a little trouble with that bat, but he can go get that ball with the best of them. Lee Stang, first pitch to him, is outside. Ball one. For a big fella, he can run. Has five stolen bases. Has not been thrown out. Batting 217. Four home run. Ball hit out into right field. For Nigliero right there and takes it for out number one. Not too much action in this ballgame. It's been mostly pitching. And Stang and McLean have taken over. Euler, the shortstop, batting 207. Saw this youngster last night. He made in two or three some kind of play. Can play a lot of shortstop. Ball hit off the end of his bat. Andrews up with the ball. Puts the ball over to Scott. So it's two up and two down here. In the bottom half of the fifth inning. As the Red Sox whip that ball around the infield. They have lost three straight. The Tigers. Are in second place behind the White Sox. White Sox 43 and 31, and the Tigers 43 and 34. McLean, who got a base hit, one for one today, takes a look at his third base coach, Tony Cuccinello. Mr. Cuccinello said he's going to, there he is, old Tony, who was with Al Lopez for many years. Every place that Al managed, Tony Cuccinello went with him. Said he's going to play a little golf with Mr. Lopez down in Tampa during the All Star break. Take a little bet on Mr. Lopez. A little 
grounder out to Andrews. The ball bounces up on him. He comes up with it over to George Scott, and that's all for McLean, and that's all for the Tigers here in the bottom half of the fifth inning. No runs, no hits, no errors, and no one left on base. The score after five complete innings, Detroit one, Boston nothing. Under normal driving conditions, many motor oils will do a good job of protecting your engine. But in cold weather, some oils thicken and clog. Some grow thin at high temperatures. Some break up at high speeds. Or even stop and grow traffic. But there is one motor oil that never loses its ability to protect your engine. Phillips 66 Drop Arctic Motor Oil. Extensive road and laboratory tests including those performed by automobile manufacturers themselves, have shown that Tropartic protects your engine against rust, sludge, varnish, and carpet over a wider range of temperatures and driving conditions than any of the other great long mileage motor oils. There is no finer motor oil, regardless of price. That's why it's called car insurance in a can. Next time you buy motor oil, get Tropartic motor oil from Phillips 66. Let's pause now for station identification. Sunday nights, too. It's Let's Make a Deal at 8.30, 7.30 Central Time. 1964, and Bill Curtis tried Valentine beer. I like it, but mine tastes better. 1967, and Bill tries Valentine again. Hey, that's great beer. What did they do? We improved it. Valentine is so good, it's now a premium beer. And it says so right on the label. Try it. Kim Novak and Frederick March meet in the middle of the night tonight at 11.15 here on Channel 6. Will be the first hitter. Batting 230 has 12 home runs. Hit 321 during the month of June. As you can also see there, the Red Sox have not shown too much of their power today. Of course, neither have the Tigers. And sometimes the pitching has something to do with it. Kurt has some scores. Later score over in Chicago, Pee Wee. The Twins and the White Sox, no score at the end of five. Merritt against Tommy John. They're in the sixth inning now at Comiskey Park. All righty. Joe Foy will be followed by Carl Yastrzemski. The high fly out in the center field should be no trouble for Mickey Stanley. And Texas for out number one. As both clubs are jumping on that first pitch. Yastrzemski wants to have the pick of, have the umpire to take a look at the ball. As Mr. Ballantyne does. Mickey Stanley out in center field. Had a busy day. He's at five putouts. Yastrzemski batting 314. He lined a double in right center his last time up, but failed to score. You can see this is kind of a close stance. You'll get those hands high in the air. Comes down on the pitch. Fastball in there for call strike. Yastrzemski doubled his last time up. He lined in a double play. His first time up, so he's one for two. 
Take a good look at this fellow. Not a bad hitter. He takes one of the hardest cuts in baseball, Kiwi. That bat comes around, hits him in the small of the back. But he really takes a vicious cut. Always has. Won a batting title his first year in the Carolina League. Lost a batting title the next year in the AAA American Association. Has won the American League batting title. So he's always up there in each league fighting for the batting chance. Little tapper. The pitch will have to get over there. Cash flips the ball to McLean. Covering, and that's all for Carl Yastrzemski. I, every time I see Yastrzemski, for some reason or another, he reminds me of Ted Williams. He used to wear his hat cocked a little bit like Ted always did. Swing a little bit like it. Of course, when you start comparing someone to Ted Williams when they actually swing at bat, not too much of a comparison. Even though Yastrzemski is a real fine hitter. Speaking of good hitters, a pretty good hitter right here, Tony Canigliaro. And I wouldn't say that name too often, Pee Wee. And a tough. Let's call him Tony C. <laughs> Canigliaro, Yastrzemski, Petroselli. Get Reggie Smith up there after a while. <laughs> Tony crowds at point. Let's see what freehand does here. Keeping that target low a little bit out in front of that good change up at McLean. It's two away, two strikes on Canigliaro. We're in the top half of the sixth inning here at Tiger Stadium in Detroit. And the Tigers scored one in the bottom half of the third inning. Boston has failed to score. A wide stance by Tony. And he crowds the plate. Curveball. Outside, one ball and two strikes. The younger brother that's a pretty good ball player. Right, his brother Billy's in the service now, but he's also a coming star. Fastball foul straight back. One and two is the count. Pittsburgh. Now leads Cincinnati five to nothing. They came up with two in the fourth. The one and two pitch. What happens to a change up when it gets a little high like that, Sandy? What's the pitcher do? I think a lot of times, Steve, you didn't really want to throw it. To get it that bad, you almost thinking, uh, I'm afraid to throw it here, and you never even get it close to the plate. It's the safest way to throw it, probably. hit pretty hard out in the right center. Northup goes over. He calls for the ball and takes it way out there. That's all for Penigliero and that's all for the Red Sox here in the top half of the six innings. No runs, no hits, no errors, and no one left on base. And the score after five and a half innings of play, Detroit won, Boston nothing. Some people, when they like a car, never want to part with it. Until something like Fury comes along. And Fury comes a long, long way to win you over.
instrument illumination. A handsome luxury interior. The most powerful standard V8 in the low price field. A long, fine car look that isn't just a stretch of the imagination. Plymouth is out to win you over this year. Follow your heart to your Plymouth dealer today. Fury, the most irresistible Plymouth of all time. Advantage tomorrow afternoon. Sportsman Holiday goes salmon fishing in a remote corner of Canada. Join us for Sportsman Holiday tomorrow and every Sunday at 5.30, 4.30 Central Time on most of these NB stations. Who you think is going to be the host? The old sportsman himself, the old fly fisherman, Kurt Gowdy. Kind of a show, is this Kurt pretty good? Good show. I'm sure it is. Lenny Green, who used to be with the Red Sox, doing a real fine job, as you heard Mayo Smith say. The best thing he did was to bring up Lenny Green and get Jim Lannis, and now K-Line got hurt. Great job of this fellow. One ball and one strike on Lenny. Batting 381. Hits the ball to all fields. That pitch was too low. Two hits by the Tigers and two hits for the Red Sox. One run for the Detroit. Not any by the Red Sox. There's a ball hit out into right field. The right fielder, Canigliaro, cannot come up with it. Other than look out, he's going to be batting a thousand. Pretty hard to do, I guess. Jerry Lumpy. You'll notice now the Tigers throw five left-handed batters at Stang. Lumpy chokes up on that bat. Batting second. They may move this runner. There he goes. Ball hit on the left field. This ball could be foul. It's Lenny Green, and he was on his way. As Mayo Smith had the hit and run on. That's what you have to do sometime when you lose a fellow like Al Kaline and Willie Harden and Gates Brown. Your power, you got to hit and run and steal a little bit. You lose your power, Pee Wee. You've got to try something to score some runs. Squeeze a little bit. Runner at first base. That's Lenny Green, the hitter. Jerry Luppy swings right through a fastball. And a left-handed pitcher warming up. His name is Lyle. A good shot right there. You get a chance to see the base runner and the hitter. Seldom see him send a runner with two strikes on a hitter. No one out. 
sometimes he'll do it with two men out. If you throw him out, you just have your hitter come leading things off the next inning. Fastball outside. One ball and two strikes on Jerry Lopez. He checks with the coach, Cuccinello at third base. Fellow first came up with the Yankees. With Kansas City. Bounce around. There goes Lenny Green. Foul ball. Come on back, Lenny. One ball, two strikes on Jerry Lumpy. The Tigers lead in this ball game by a score of one to nothing. Denny McLean against Lee Stang. There's the young left-hander, Lyle, and he throws pretty hard. Ball outside. Two and two. Al Lyle, they call him Sparky. Two and two is the count on Jerry Lumpy. Watch the base runner. He didn't go. It's too low. Three and two. Well, as we've often said, fellow batting in that second position he's supposed to be able to handle that bat and get a piece of the ball so if we count three and two no one away I'm sure that they'll send Lenny Green that was not his good move he may come back with a better one on this one it's no one away. We're in the bottom half of the sixth inning. There goes the runner. Lazy looper. Foy in foul territory. Takes it. Back to first base. Lenny Green. Have a real nice crowd here today and a lot of youngsters. The hitter is Dick McCollum. Always like to walk in a ballpark and See those young fans. Dick McCullough. Takes the first pitch. It's outside ball one. Let's see what he's done today. He's 0 for 2. Batting 250. He has 15 home runs. No one outside, ball two. On at first base. Lenny Green. That's big George Scott holding him on. Dick McAuliffe did not like that call. As he has a few words. 
Mr. Valentine behind home plate. You can't win, Dick. All he can do is get an early shower if he would. <laughs> Mayo is coming out now. Of course, he's not he's not protesting the strike because if you do, you're out of the ball game. He's out there to protect McGaugh. He didn't want to see him throwing out of a ball game. As a super scout, Mr. Mayo Smith is what he was called. His title when he worked for the last five or six years with the Yankees, a real fine person. Down in Florida. Well, he goes from inside to outside. I imagine McAuliffe right now is thinking that plate must be about 30 inches wide. Just got the black. Sometimes when you look at that curveball on the outside, you go out for it and you throw that fastball inside. Hard to stay on it. Pretty good pitch right there. Good staying one at that one, Pee Wee. I think if they've called McCulloch out, McCulloch out, we might have lost McCulloch for the day. <laughs> Three and two, one away. Lenny Green on at first base. I imagine he'll be running. Flip over there, Bestang. The score, one to nothing. Detroit over Boston. We're in the bottom half, the sixth inning in Detroit. There goes the runner. Pitch was a little outside. Lenny Green moves down to second. That's the first walk. Giving up a lead staying. And as Kurt told you, this fellow doesn't walk too many men. Average is about two men every nine innings. And that's very good. Hey, here comes my old friend coming out of the dugout. Sal Magley, pitching coach for the Red Sox. The barber. He wasn't your friend when he was with the Giants. Oh, I'm telling you, I used to hate this man. I'm talking to Sal about it this morning, Pee Wee, about coming from the Giants where, you know, he and the Dodgers sort of had a running gun battle for years and all of a sudden coming over to pitch for the Dodgers. And I guess he and Carl Perillo became the best friends after years of hating each other. <laughs> well, well, there's a break in the action here at Tiger Stadium. The score, Detroit 1, Boston nothing. That's the boy, 14. He's going to have all the advantages I never had. See that? Peach fuzz already. See this? A Gillette Hoosers. A light pressureless shave. Less chance of a nick. No blades to mess around with. All the advantages. Then I got to thinking, why shouldn't I have all the advantages I never had? So... Are they dangerous, Warden? Hardened criminals, everyone. That one there doesn't look the type. Worst of the lot. What did he do? Stashed away the family's right guard. Tried to keep it all to himself. Left his whole family defenseless. Beast! Gillette right guard. 
the perfect personal family deodorant because nothing touches you but the spray itself. <laughs> Don't leave your family defenseless. Keep an extra right guard on hand. The new pitcher. Saw him warming up down there a while ago. Al Sparky Lau. He was 2-2 two and two in Toronto. He's a relief specialist from Reynoldsville, Pennsylvania. Been two games here since he's been in Detroit. They haven't scored off it. Sandy, how does he throw? Left-handed, Pee-wee. <laughs> Thank you very much. What are you trying to tell me? You haven't seen him pitch? No, I haven't, Pee-wee. But if he's a relief specialist, that happens that uh, he throws a sinking fastball. Probably has a pretty good breaking ball slider. Uh, most of your relief pitchers are guys that can make uh, the opposing players hit the ball on the ground. Yes, sir. The great relief pitchers always keep that ball down, it seems like. They usually have a sinker. Kurt, you have some other scores. Minnesota, Chicago, no score at the end of six. Merritt against John. Cleveland, three. Washington, two. End of three. Teon for the Indians. Pretty relief. Coleman in the second. Tony Horton, Homer to the third. Nobody on for the Indians. New York to Baltimore. Twininer tonight. Doubleheader, Kansas City and California. The Pirates lead Cincinnati 5 nothing in the four and a half. The only other game going right now in the National. The first pitch to Norm Cash, the breaking pitch. A wild swing at it. Last night. What is that pitcher's name? Wazalewski. Pitching for the Red Sox. They had Norm Cash up there. Nick Williams had a left-hander warming up down there. I know he thought about bringing him in. Got a little trouble, and Cash hit one nine miles out in the right field. So today, Mr. Williams bringing that left-hander in to pitch to Cash, and he struck him out. Runners on first and second down at second base, Lenny Green. Over at first base, Dick McCollum. Another left-handed hitter, Jim Northrup, batting 274. We have a right-hander warming up. It's Brandon. You may see him come in the next inning to pitch the bottom half of that lineup, who's all right-handed. Say one thing, this wild looks pretty good. There's Brandon. ball and one strike. Lenny Green at second base. At first base, Dick McCollum. One to nothing. Detroit over Boston. Lee Stang goes five and one-third inning, giving up one run so far. The two base runners belong to him. Pitched a fine ball game, Stang did. Kurt, tell us something about that all-star game. Starts out in Anaheim. Well, we're going to uh, 
be underway with it at 4 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. This will be the first time the All-Star Game ever been televised into nighttime television, in the East especially. Little pop-up, Foy at third base should have it. He's over near the stands and takes it for out number three. So Al does a fine job for the Red Sox here in the bottom half of the sixth inning. They came up with no runs, one hit, no errors, and two men left on base. So the score at the sixth full inning, Detroit one, Boston nothing. special day to try Salem filter cigarettes? Sure there is. It's the day you're in the mood for a change. A real change. A different tasting cigarette. That's your Salem day. Today, get the taste that's springtime fresh every time around. Discover how Salem refreshes your taste. Tobacco taste, menthol soft flavor. That's him. And today's your day to try them. Have a Salem. Salem refreshes your taste. Next Saturday, we'll be traveling to the Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles for the game between the surprising Chicago Cubs and the Los Angeles Dodgers. We'll see Ron Santo and all the rest of the exciting Cub team and watch Leo DeRosser face his old team. That's next Saturday, 4 o'clock Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Central Time, in color, exclusively on NBC. Kurt, come on in here. And George Scott hits a ground ball to Euler in a hole along through, and he's got him. the play that shortstop has to make. Deep in the hole, the long throw from the grass, and still get your man, and Euler did it. That's what the scouts look for for a young shortstop, don't they, Pee-wee? Yes, sir, Kurt, and uh, they can't say enough of this Euler. We saw him, you and I did last night, make three fine plays out here, and you can just see what he did right there. A great play, one of the toughest plays for a shortstop. In the hole, and get something on that ball. Petroselli's up now. His line is short, and he's walked, and he takes ball one. Petroselli batting 298. The Tigers have one run, three hits, no errors. The Red Sox have no runs, two hits, one error. A lone run of this game is an unearned run. He pops it up. A major league pop-up to the left side. Waiting for this one to come down is Euler. And that fooled him just a bit. Slight breeze blowing, looking up at that high sky. Two down. That one nearly brought rain clouds. Reggie Smith is grounded out and flied out. We have 30,000 here this Saturday afternoon. Combined paid and youngsters at Tiger Stadium. A strike to Reggie Smith. seven, nine in a row now have gone down before Dennis McLean. The last man to reach base was Petroselli who walked in the fourth. The one strike pitch. There's a line shot to left center that's in the gap. 
Should be for extra bases. Smith can fly. He may go for three here. Oh, he's holding a second. Nearly made an overturn. Going out to meet the relay in was the shortstop Roy, Ola, Roy Euler. So it's a double for Smith with two down. And they're calling Mike Ryan back. And they're going to hit for him. I believe it'll be Jose Tardable, a left-handed batter. The Red Sox now have the tying run at second, two down. Tardable went to the bat rack. He's batting 252. And he's coming out to hit for the catcher, Ryan. The Red Sox have had three hits. Single by Andrews, double by Yastrzemski, a double by Reggie Smith. The Tigers have had three singles. Lenny Green is two of them, and McLean the pitcher. So from two to eight in that batting order, the Tigers haven't had a hit. Occurred a lot of times you put a pinch hitter in like that with a tying run on his second base. It's late in the ball game. It's the seventh inning. They well, may put him on, but you know that Dick Williams, you put Tartable on at first base, you know he's going to bring up a pinch hitter for Al Sparky Lyle. So I'm sure that they'll pitch to Tartable. The, uh, the best left-handed pinch hitter, Pee Wee, the Red Sox have, is in the service right now. Dalton Jones putting in a two-week pitch. They have Jerry Adair available, but uh, they're short on left-handers. You know, you almost need a scorecard anymore to keep track of these ball clubs with this two-week service. If every club has two or three fellows going in and coming out. Houston at one time had five of them coming in and going out. Runner on second, two down. Jose Tartable batting, makes a strike here. A tight ball game, one to nothing. Tigers grab the lead in the third. Last night they were leading four to one going to the ninth, and the Red Sox tied the game in the ninth and sent it into extra innings. the one strike delivery. Strike two to Jose Carnival. The Tigers and the Red Sox have played eight games this year and they split four and four. And since these two teams started playing each other in 1901, they're all even. They've each won 709 games against the other one. This one will break the tie. The two-strike pitch. Change-up. Fouls it off. Tartable can really fly. There's Smith of second, two down. He hits a slow pounder to the infield. He's very difficult to throw out. One of the fastest men in the majors. 0-2. Jose Tartable. 
Reggie Smith of second. Two down. One ball, two strikes now. Sparky Lyle, the pitcher's on deck. And they have Daryl Brandon warming up in the Red Sox bullpen. One ball, two strikes. Change up, hit on the ground. McAuliffe, DeCash, and they're out of the end. No runs for the Red Sox in the set. One hit, there were no errors, and one man left. The middle of the seventh inning, the score is the Tigers one and the Red Sox nothing. Stretch from Greenwich Village, up Fifth Avenue, through the Lincoln Tunnel, along the Connecticut Turnpike, across the streams of Vermont, through the woods of New Hampshire, and up the rocky coast of Maine. In fact, if all the beer drinkers who bought Peel's Real Draft last year were lined up, they would stretch from New York to Labrador. We call this the greatest single success in beer history. Now, we could shout about Peel's Real Draft, we could brag about its flavor, but we feel 1,314,630 new customers is the best advertisement of all time. Come on, buddy, join the line! the inner club history showed you how two, how close these two clubs are. That was going into this season, and they've each won four against each other this year. That's about as dead even as two teams can get from 1901 into the 1967 season. Well, here we go now, fans, to the last of the seven, the home half of the seven in Tiger Stadium. Bill Freehand, Mickey Stanley, Ray Euler coming up. We have a new catcher in for the Red Sox, Russ Gibson. Sparky Lyle is pitching. Bill Freehand has grounded out twice. 0 for 2, batting 277. Freehand won the ball game last night. A line drive hit off the left field wall that dropped dead at the base of the wall. Scored the winning run from first base. One ball, no strike. Two and nothing. Both these clubs will be well represented in the All-Star game. Red Sox will have four players. The White Sox will have four players. The Minnesota Twins, four players. Brown ball in the hole, scooped up by Joe Foy. Nice play, and there's one down. Mickey Stanley coming up. Foul out and fly it out. The Tigers will have three. They had three voted. K-Line has been replaced. By the way, they announced today that Tony Canigliaro would start in the outfield for the American League as Frank Robinson is now out of the game. He still is suffering double vision after having a slight concussion, and Robinson will not play. They 
Baltimore Stars. Strike one. So the starting outfield will now be Jastrzemski, Oliva, and Canigliaro. And I would imagine they've not trying to manage the ball club for Hank Barr, but he may have to put Jastrzemski in center field because I don't believe Canigliaro will leave a plate center. Foul ball. 0-2. Oh so they'll be in the starting lineup without a really natural, regular center fielder. The American League had... Uh, Four of their pitchers pitched last night in the All-Star squad. Downing, Peters, Chance, and McLaughlin. They'll be well-rested, four of those boys. The National League had none of their All-Star starters. Worked uh, last night. Boy handling the chopper. Two down. Ray Euler coming up. Marichelle's pitching today against Drysdale. be quite a spectacle. We're really looking forward to it. Dewey, Sandy, and I will be out there covering the game for NBC Tuesday, 7 o'clock, Eastern Daylight Time. We'll be joined by Buddy Black, the Angels broadcaster. Strike one, understand that Gene Autry, the owner of the club, President uh, Bob Reynolds, general manager Fred Haney really gone to a lot of preparation and going to play an outstanding host role for all the press and radio and the fans. It's a beautiful ballpark, by the way. If you've never seen it in person or on TV, I know you'll be delighted to, to see it when we telecast Tuesday. A 1-1 pitch. Foul off, 1-2. Our score here... The Tigers are leading the Red Sox, one to nothing, last of the seven. Well, the Angels have been winning. Uh, fans should be in a happy frame of mind out there, too. When we go out there Tuesday. One ball, two strikes. He went after that bad fastball way outside, and Sparky Lyle blew him down in the seventh. Three up, three down. The end of the seventh inning here in Detroit to score. The Tigers won, and the Red Sox nothing. On the prowl, the wild new 67 Plymouth Barracudas are here. Looking. Looking for the car that thinks it can take their measure. But there are no takers. The 67 Barracuda Hardtop, America's lowest price sports car. The 67 Sports Barracuda, the one that gives you all the excitement of a European road race. Take a 67 Barracuda for a test drive. You won't be disappointed. Plymouth is out to win you over this year. Follow your heart, see your Plymouth dealer today. We pause.
Pause now for station identification. Help keep the last of the great beers great. Never use for medicinal purposes. Do not serve at room temperature. With one exception. And above all, don't try to improve it. Thoroughbred racing in beautiful surroundings. That's the Green Mountain story Monday through Saturday at 7.45. Green Mountain, Tunnel, Vermont. This is WRGB Channel 6 Schenectady, first in the Capital District. Did you ever invite the guests to a wedding and then have to cancel the wedding? This is what this boy did that is coming up to pinch hit for the Red Sox. His name is Ken Poulsen. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, he was playing for Winston-Salem in the Carolina League. And he and his fiancée had the wedding date set. They invited about three dozen guests. And the day before the wedding, the Red Sox said, you're in the big league, son. So they canceled the wedding for a while, and he came up to join the Red Sox. Ball one. And his bride can say, said, we can get married any day, but my guy can't go to the big leagues any day so they put it off for a little while and here he is ken polson who's hitting for the pitcher right now sparky lyle ball two sounds to me like she's going to make him a good wife yes sir a good baseball wife and they have to be very understanding you better believe it two balls and no strikes Right. He's only 20 years old. Well, you know, you you talk to uh, minor league managers who manage these youngsters in Class D ball down below 18, 19, and 20. Two balls, one strike. Nobody on, nobody out. Eighth inning. Two and two. And they say one of the toughest jobs there is when you have to call a young fellow in with a new wife where they have a little baby and tell them that they've been sent or being sent down or sent out that's a tough job a young married couple of the minors and the wife has to be very understanding 2-2 two -two. foul back These baseball wives deserve a lot of credit. They have to maintain two homes when they play. Usually their regular home. And then they come to the Major League City where their husband's playing and bring the family. Bounding ball is foul. Your wife used to what, keep your home in Louisville and you come up to Brooklyn. That's right, Kurt. I was just sitting here listening to you, and you were bringing out some good points, but I was thinking that I guess you have to be an understanding wife, whatever business you're in. <laughs> it is a little tough, though. You're making your children in school. I mean, putting them in school and taking them out, putting them in here and bringing them out. It's a 2-2 pitch. There's a fly ball in the center field. Broken bat coming on is Ron Northrup, and it's one down. the order now of Mike Andrews for the Red Sox. Single, fly it out, and ground it out. 
The Tigers are ahead one to nothing in the eighth inning. Tigers have one run, three hits, and no errors. The Red Sox have no runs, three hits, and one error. Benny McLean has gone all the way. There's Bucky Brandon, and that number 27 is his age. He's 27 years old today. He'll be coming on the pitch in the last of the eighth inning. Mike Andrews pops it up to the left side. Calling forward is Euler, the shortstop. Two down. Joe Foy has walked fly to center field twice. He's 0 for 2. Lane with a record of nine wins, nine losses. His last time out was a complete game, beating the Indians 2 to 1. He allowed just three hits in that game. Slow ball to Foy's ball one. Now, the plane's getting into the big boys in that Red Sox lineup. Foy, Espimpti, Canigliero, Scott, and Betticelli. Another slow one. Ball two, two and oh. Base was empty. Fly ball to right field, fairly deep, and Northrop has room as he backpedals to the edge of the warning track. And that's it in the eighth inning. We up three down for the Red Sox in the middle of the eighth to score. The Detroit Tigers won, the Boston Red Sox nothing. of smooth shaving comfort in new Gillette Foamy. Nobody makes a lather like Foamy. So moist, so rich, so creamy. Nobody makes a lather like Gillette. What happens when a little water meets a little heads-up hair groom? Love. Heads-up mixes with water. You get water's clean look with the staying power of hairdressing. And you just add water to comb it again. Isn't love wonderful? Bucky Brandon is making his 18th appearance of the year for the Red Sox. He's won two, lost seven, an earned run average of 4.16. In the last of the eighth inning, he'll face the Tiger pitcher, Dennis McLean. And then Lenny Green and Jerry Lumpy at the top of the order. And the hand you hear in the background is for McLean, who has fired a three-hit shutout so far today. In other games, Minnesota and the White Sox. In the seven, no score. That's the big one. 
The top four clubs in the league are meeting here in the weekend. The Twins and White Sox in Chicago, the Tigers and the Red Sox here. Playing a single and grounded out. Ball one to him. Fastball strike, one and one. Ground ball to Petroselli. One down. Green is lined out, single twice, two out of three. nine batter. The Tigers put him in their uniform here and brought him up from Toledo. He and his mother own a florist shop here in Detroit. He's been delivering the roses for the Tigers. One to Lenny Green. Tigers ahead one to nothing. Brandon's low with a two and nothing. Oh, we've got a real seat squirmer going on here in Tiger Stadium. Two and one. over the head of George Scott. Right side of that Tiger infield has had two bad hops in it. Now watch this ball really take a hop over Scott's head and Andrews, keep your eye on him on the back up here. Well, you can see as Kurt said, the ball made it, took a bad hop on George Scott and Andrews never did give up on the ball. He just kept going. Made a great play, but Tommy rolled over and flipped the ball to the pitcher. Not in time. Lenny Green can go down there pretty fast. There goes Green. Foul off. Tigers playing hit and run. Lenny Green now has three of the four hits for the Tigers. And they're bringing him back to first base. The Tigers have one away. They're leading the Red Sox one to nothing. The Red Sox in the ninth inning will have the heart of their batting order up. Yastrzemski, Canigliaro, and Scott. hit deep in the center. Reggie Smith on his horse. Still going. He's got it. 400 feet from home plate. The throw into Mike Andrews. Smith just outran that one. Two down. Right at the warning path. And this is what we mean about this ballpark. If you'll keep him from pulling here and you've got a center fielder that can run 
Those big long 400 foot flies are out there. Two down. Dick McCollum. Fly to right, foul out on what? strike. Notice one thing about uh, Reggie Smith that out there. He turned to his left then and he kept that ball right on his left all the way. A lot of times you see an outfielder turn to left, that ball's on the right-hand side. It's tough to catch. But he turned right away and just kept going and went right to the ball. He handled that one beautifully. And he whirled and got that ball back into that infield too. Green getting back. down. One ball, one strike. To Dick McCollum. Of the plate, two and two to McCullough. The two out, Lenny Green's at first. The Tigers won the Red Sox nothing in the last of the eighth inning. Lucky Brandon pitching two and two when he delivers to the plate. Three and two, and Green will be going on this trip. Two down. Green will be running. Cash, flying out, grounded out, and struck out. Tigers have a great pair of fans all the way in the Bahama Islands. 
Mr. and Mrs. Bill Shackleton of the Crown Colony Club there in Chub Key in the Bahamas. They've erected a special aerial on their home way over there in deep in the Bahama Islands and they get our NBC games from the Miami station. And they're great Detroit fans, so imagine they're watching for the Tigers now. Ball one. The Norm Cash. Green at second, McAuliffe at first, two down. Tigers one, Red Sox nothing. And now there's ball two, and Osinski is starting to warm up for the Red Sox. That's Joe Foy has asked for time. Osinski getting heated up. And the third baseman Foy has come in here for two reasons. One to try and settle his pitcher Brandon down and to give Osinski some extra time out on the bullpen. Just a minute, somebody's going to tell Foy to get back to his third base job and let's get this ball game moving. And here's Valentine about to move out. Two and nothing to Norman Cash. Runners on first and second. Two down. They're not holding at first. Cash looked at that fastball in there. And I believe he said to himself, boy, I should have ripped at it. Two balls and one strike. Green is rounding third. The throw by Canigliero is cut off by Scott. Over to third went McAuliffe and Cash delivers a big hit for the Tigers. So instead of a one-run ball game, now it's a two-run game. A little bit different for a pitcher to work on in the ninth inning. Makes it a lot easier for him now, Kurt. He doesn't have that tying run at the plate every time uh, a hitter comes up there. Especially on a day like today, as hot as it is, and uh, he looks like he's a little tired the plane. Uh, he's walking awful slow back and forth from the mound. Runners on first and third, two outs. The Tigers leading now two to nothing. The last of the eighth, and Jim Northrop up. Now struck out, grounded out, and fouled out. Petroselli for the force play on Cash. Besides that, but the Tigers picked up a big run on two hits. No Red Sox there. The Tigers left two. At the end of eight, the score is the Detroit Tigers two, the Boston Red Sox nothing. Days like this, a man has time to notice things. Like the little sounds of deep woods and shallow water, and the fresh taste of a Salem. Have a Salem, see how Salem 
refreshes your taste from the first cup to the last cup refreshes your taste largest selling menthol because Salem refreshes your taste. The ninth inning fans in Tiger Stadium, the Red Sox have their three, four, and five hitters of their lineup up. Yastrzemski, Canigliaro, and Scott facing Denny McLean, who's allowed just three hits and no runs so far in this game. The Lions score for eight innings. Tigers have two runs, five hits, and no errors. The Red Sox have no runs, three hits, and one error. Dick Trzuski is going to third base now for the Tigers, replacing Jerry Lumpy. Kremski's lined into a double play, double to right center, and grounded out to first. Batting 313. Live ball looping into the right field corner, a base hit for Yastrzemski to start off the ninth. And now the tying run will be coming to the plate. First, nobody out. Tony Canigliaro up, and action now is springing up in the Tiger bullpen. Like Marshall and Gladding. Gladding's number 20, Marshall's 28. Tony Canigliaro. Glide out three times, twice to center, once to right. Batting 299. It's a high fly left center. Stanley has flipped the sunglasses down, looking up. One away. Especially getting back to first. Six putouts for Stanley in center field. The American League record is 11 putouts by a center fielder. The Major League record is 12 putouts for a center fielder. George Scott has bounced to the pitcher, struck out, and grounded out. On our NBC scoreboard, it's the Red Sox nothing and the Tigers two. Ninth inning, last call for the Red Sox. Ball one to Scott. Petroselli's on deck. Stremski at first, one out. Two and oh. Plane looks like he's a little tired, Sandy. 
he looks like he's struggling Kurt but the last three four innings he's pitched probably his best baseball he's stayed out of less trouble he's he's gone with the fastball a little bit more uh, his curveball he's made a few mistakes with but he uh, hasn't thrown as many as uh, we've seen him throw a two nothing pitch to Scott is three and oh now and the Tiger fans now are starting to rumble with uneasiness as the Red Sox have a runner on first, one out, and a 3-0 count to George Scott. 30,000 fans here today, Tiger Stadium. The 3-0 pitch. Right in there to him, 3-1. One to George Scott. Ball four. That's the fourth walk by McLean, but his first walk since the fourth inning. The Red Sox now have runners on first and second, one out. Enrico Petroselia. Petroselia is lined out to short, walked and popped to short. it up. The infield fly rule called the batter automatically out. Runners advance at their own risk. Two down. Call of handle it. And rookie Reggie Smith now is the last hope for the Red Sox. He's grounded at first, fly to left and doubled. One out of three. Kremski's at second. Scott's at first. Two down. All one to Smith. down ninth inning Tigers two Red Sox nothing two and nothing there's Scott at first Spremsky at second and Jose Santiago now warming up in the Red Sox bullpen Russ Gibson, the Red Sox catcher, the on-deck batter. A 2-0 pitch. He changed up and got it over for a strike. 2-1. There's San Diego.
Neil Smith watching intently his pitcher McLean hoping for that last out the hardest out to get in the ball game two and one is the count a chopper hit the short Euler makes the play the ball game's over as McLean has pitched his first shot out of the air the tying runs were on here in the ninth inning but McLean on a hot afternoon had enough to withstand the Red Sox threat in the ninth the Red Sox no runs one hit there were no errors and two left. So the final score, the Detroit Tigers, two runs, five hits, and no errors. The Boston Red Sox, no runs. Some people actually believe that old beer is good beer. If this were true, people would have beer cellars. And we'd bottle our vintage beer in nifty-looking decanters. And you could tuck away your oldest beer with the rest of your extra private stock. You could save it for extra special occasions. Serve it in nice little sophisticated glasses. Or maybe you'd even whip up a vintage beer sling. Well, the truth is, the fresher the beer, the better the taste. That's why we brew Black Label locally, all around the country. In fact, you can't buy any good old calling Black Label. Well, that was a big run the Tigers picked up in the eighth inning. When they were leading one nothing. Lenny Green got on with a hit, finally scored our Norm Cassius single. That made it 2-0 because the Red Sox, Jastrzemski, let off the top of the ninth with a single. And the Red Sox might have played a little bit differently with a bunt trying to move a man on into scoring position. So there's your line score again, and the Tigers have won their sixth in a row, and the Red Sox have lost their fourth in a row. This broke a Red Sox streak, though. Their last ten losses have all been by one run. That is the last ten games they've lost. But today they lost by two runs. Again, the final score, the Tigers two and the Red Sox nothing. In a minute, in a moment, we'll continue to review the action of today's game. The man with the wild new 67 Sports Barracuda has a lot going for him. He's got a car with the irresistible look. The irresistible feel of a European sports car. Beauty isn't only skin deep. Barracuda has plenty of V8 muscle to back it up. Wild attraction number two. Barracuda hardtop, America's lowest price sports car. Yet it can be made as personal as you want it. Take a 67 Barracuda for a test drive. You won't be disappointed. Plymouth is out to win you over this year. Follow your heart to your Plymouth dealer today. Our statistician today is Alan Roth, our stage manager, Jim O'Gorman. And uh, on behalf of 
Pee Wee Reese and Sandy Koufax. Kurt Gowdy saying again the final score. The Tigers two, the Red Sox nothing. <laughs>